0: Welcome back to the MMA on Sirius XM podcast. I'm Chris Wadman. Today on Won't Back Down Radio, I was joined by my buddy, Ally Quinta, to discuss Al Sterling's title win and what it was like during the fight week in Abu Dhabi. Plus, I break down this weekend's boxing match between my former opponent, Anderson Silva, and Jake Paul. Take a listen. My good friend, Ally Quinta. How you doing, Ally Quinta? What's going on? Dude, this is awesome. Serious. <laughs> XM now, huh? That's right, baby. Fight Nation every Monday between five and six p.m. Eastern Time. Won't back down radio with Chris Weidman. You're <laughs> <laughs> so good. How's oh, my radio boy. voice?
1: Incredible, incredible. You just not right into it,
0: bro. It's only when you're here do I like turn it on. <laughs> like I could act, I could act, but when I actually try to be good, it's just terrible. It's like me just having a bad day.
1: <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm life is good, man. Life is good. Uh, uh, you know, the fight week is, you know, for Aljo, we're just in the hotel, the tension, everything I'm get, so I get super nervous for him, you know, or any teammate that's fighting when I'm there, you know, I feel like I go through the emotions of fight week, similar to as if I was fighting, maybe in some instances more, cause I have like no control over what's going on and I just want everything to go good. And I know how hard Aljo worked and everything he's been through to get here. And, uh, when, when he just, when he, you know, the, the ref pulled him off, it was just a, we all were so happy, you know, that we had so much fun this whole week. It's the weirdest thing. I mean, it's, we know but a lot of people, I, I don't think get it that it's, uh, you know, we have the best time fight week. It's, it was me, Marab, Ray, uh, Dennis, um, Bunch of Aljo's friends came out, so it's like kind of like a party. We were we were like, you know, we're in Abu Dhabi. It's yeah. freaking halfway on the other side of the world, but at the same time, there's also that cloud looming over you. TJ Dillashaw, who's trying to ruin your trip and uh and ruin Aljo's, you know, change his future, or it could go one or two ways. And we just know how much Aljo puts into this and. And how much it means to him and how much he deserves it really is what it comes down to is like that guy puts in so much work and we know how talented he is and what he's been through the last uh, really like two years. He's been through a lot. So for him to get the ref to pull him off like that and the fight to go like the way it did is just such a a relief and joyous moment. We were just, you know, I, I had to like hold back tears while they were announcing his name. It's just it's 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 such an incredible thing. Did it did it mean I
0: could go into I got some I got a whole bunch of questions for you, but did it mean more to you that it was T.J. Dillashaw? Because T.J. Dillashaw, I know you trained with him before, right? At Alpha Male years ago, you've watched him fight Hennenborough. And to me, that when he beat Hennenborough, when Hennenborough was one of the greatest of all time at that point in the bantamweight division, um he looked unbeatable and then all of a sudden you have tj dillashaw coming out of nowhere and he's switching from orthodox to southpaw punches to kicks to takedowns and not only does he beat head he goes for the finish and finishes him i think it was in the fifth fourth or fifth round and it was like really like an inspirational fight for me to watch and one of those fights that you watch and then you go back to the gym and you're trying to be like tj dillashaw that's kind of that's one of the biggest uh like inspirational fights i've seen and then next thing I know, here he is. He's years later. He's fighting our buddy from from Ewingdale, a kid we watched grow up, you know, in wrestling. And and uh, and not only do we believe that Alger could beat him, um, but yeah, he's just in the cage with this guy that we kind of looked up to for a little bit. Um, like, was how was that? How how were you able to uh, decipher the difference between when he beat Henan Brow and the TJ Dillashaw now, and then how much Aljamain has improved? And just matchup wise, just
1: imagining Aljamain getting the win. Yeah, no, you're right. That that um the the Barral win was that was like a that was a for I, I don't know if it really to me and you, I know it was a it was like a a career change. It changed my like it inspired me to change like it was someone switching stances like that, putting the pace that he put on Barrow in the I don't know where he finished him in mean, the end of the four in the fourth or the fifth, It was just like a masterful performance it was something that any fighter would inspire to have it was like that he you do things in training and you're like i hope i do that in the fight and then after you fight you're like oh i did this i did this but i forgot to do this i you know there's things that you you pick out of your performance and you always want the perfect performance where you're just like every like you're, you're seeking that in in fighting at least i was always um and i feel like it doesn't really happen that way. You could win by knockout. You could win by submission, but there's always things that you can, you like think back and, oh, I, that wasn't, that was the master, pof, master, masterful performance that you seek. And he did it. And it changed my career for sure. And the stance switches, something that he brought to the table that hasn't been done. And he did it perfectly. And a guy at the time, Barao was undefeated champion. I don't know if he was undefeated, but he was on an insane win streak. He hadn't been, beaten in like some crazy 10 years, something ridiculous. So that performance was crazy. And then, yeah, years later, um, you know, for Aljo to go in there and it was like, I think that the fights that Aljo has had in the past, there's, there's some fights where you just have to win. Like uh, Peter Jan, he just, I think that is a style matchup where you just want to get the win. And then there's some style matchups where it's like a defining moment in your career. The styles just match up. Anderson Silva had some fights where they weren't great. And then he had some fights where they were masterful. Rich yeah. Franklin, mm-hmm. uh, Forrest Griffin, the styles matched up. When he fought mm-hmm. uh, Damian Maya, it was not an exciting mm-hmm. fight, but he got the win. Some and Abu Dhabi, I think that was too, which is- That was, yeah, yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, some some fights, you just have to get the win. And some fights are like defining and and they really put you over the top. And I feel like this was the fight where, um it was the the perfect fight for people to see what aljo's really made of and he did
0: now i agree with you and i think it was a defining moment for him i think this brings him to another level but the controversy of the shoulder i mean this sucks i mean this sucks Uh, for aljo because aljo looked great he did nothing wrong um, you know he's overcoming you know the illegal knee that he he still has to deal with that those questions you know when he you know he stayed down with the illegal knee against peter on the first fight people hated him for you know he had the belt and he was like you know f you to everybody then he beats peter in the last fight i thought it was unanimous it was it was it was unanimous right it wasn't a split decision when he beat peter the second fight i don't think right think it might have I think it might have been it Was a split. split. Okay, so it was another close fight. People, There's still question marks. And then now here, this is a perfect fight with TJ Dillashaw. Opportunity to have this defining moment. And all of a sudden, almost immediately, uh, you're going to know better than me. It looked as if, like, he's fighting a very injured dude. Like, I don't know. Yeah, so how, how are you – like, what, what's your thoughts on that? Like, and what did you see from your perspective? Because you were in the corner. And this is this is Chris Weibner. You're listening to Won't Back Down Radio on Fight Nation.
1: Let's go. <laughs> uh so yeah we didn't um it, it after the first takedown tj got back up and i saw him just like shake out his shoulder a little bit and i was like dude his shoulders something's up with his shoulder um and then in between rounds i uh ray and ray you know we, we were all talking before we you know while the round was ending and we were like dude his his shoulders messed up you got to we won't get in there, tell him he's got to attack that 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 uh left side. Um but uh yeah, no, it's it's kind of disappointing that um that it went down like that, you know. It's uh it, look if if TJ would have survived, like if he would have lost maybe a if he would have survived like it couldn't have got any worse for him. It does it's not like TJ did anything good with even with a bad shoulder, you know. So Aljo did everything that you can do. The guy got in the cage. Maybe he was compromised. It sounds like he was. Um, but you know what the funny thing is, is that and it's the the it shows like a little bit of character. The, the, Aljo was making fun of TJ for the steroid. You know, he was like, Oh, he would be juicing this time. And TJ was going, Oh, you're just make you're just saying that because you know when I beat you, you're gonna have a built-in excuse. You know, so if he TJ was the one saying that. When, if he beat Aljo, Aljo was going to blame the steroids. Sure enough, Aljo wins right away. TJ gets on the mic and he's talking about his shoulder. I, and as if, mean, and
0: he, he's making it seem like he knew he was going to lose. Like he couldn't do anything. He had yeah, no chance. Yeah. He was just. But why
1: even why even bother? Why even, you know what I mean? He didn't want to waste it, a year. He, he just, just
0: wanted, wanted a paycheck. It sounds like that's what he, but of course, if he would have won. Yeah. You're he not hearing was, this.
1: Yeah. He would have looked like, he would have said, I, I, my shoulder popped out 10 times and I came in the fight. And I won and I look like, and now he's a, a superstar. Cause he came in injured people. Who, there's every fighter has got it gone into a fight at compromised in some way, win, lose. You don't really hear too many people. So I, that was very disappointing to, yeah. right, to go like that. You know what I mean? Like I, I think there's guys that have gone into the fight in the same kind of situation and you never hear about it. they, yeah. they, you know what you signed up for. You got you, you went into the cage. Look, if it's a street fight and you lose and you get your ass kicked in the street, you go, Oh, what, what are you going to say? Oh, my shoulder popped out three weeks ago while I was playing racquetball in the gym. Like, well, you look like an idiot. You know what yeah. I mean? So, you, you signed up for this. You went into a fight compromised. You would have looked like a hero if you won. But the Aljo, listen, if I really believe that if his shoulder was hundred percent nothing changes i think i think it might have uh, it might have
0: uh might have helped
1: tj get out of there quicker i don't know you know what it kind of it, it just sucks that al joe's gonna have to answer these questions you
0: know he did nothing wrong to deserve this it, it does kind of remind remind me of what i had to deal with when anis so broke his leg so i won that first fight he had his hands down boom and knock him out i got lucky he put his hands down and you know all, every, all the doubters are like that was luck he's gonna kill you the next fight the next fight i fight him I dominate all of round one, I dominate all of round two until he kicks I, his leg breaks in half, which is terrible. And now I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, how could like I'm I'm not happy I won like this, right? It sucks because now people still think I don't deserve, you know, anything. And that's a similar feeling I think that Aljo has now. Um, maybe not as maybe not as extreme. It's the second person that he's beating now, but still to some degree where he's just not getting, he's just gonna have these doubters looming over him. Which I do think which sucks for everybody on his team, they're gonna to have to be talking like you because it it's like annoying to have to answer like this, but um it's gonna I think it's gonna put a chip on his shoulder, and at the end of the day, it's gonna push him to work that much harder for his next fight, so I, it may be a blessing in
1: disguise i you know i know, I didn't think about it like that, but uh yeah, yeah, for sure I, I think uh yeah I don't know, I don't know if um. I don't. I don't know how much Aljo really even cares what the fans think. To be honest with you, that's true. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. But, but I think it, it will. It will put a little chip on his shoulder, like you're saying. And it, it yeah. I think no he, pun he, intended. He, TJ Dillashaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh,
0: that's awesome. Um, I mean, the dude's <laughs> shoulder was wrecked. Like I honestly, I've, I've seen this one other time, and it was recent with Aaron Pico. Did you see that fight in Bellator? Yeah. You know Aaron Pico,
1: Aaron Pico. I didn't, the, I didn't see the fight, but I saw them trying to pop it in, in between yeah. rounds.
0: So Aaron Pico's corner, uh, it was Brandon Gibson, who I know, you know, he's a great guy, but you know, very experienced cornerman. I don't know. I don't think Pico had issues with the shoulder beforehand that, that I know of at least, but either way, during a takedown in the fight, his shoulder dislocates and the whole time he's trying to pop his shoulder back in. You know, I don't know if the guy he's fighting knows and realizes it, but he's trying, he gets back to the corner, makes it to the second round and his man now—they know his shoulder is dislocated. They're pulling and wrenching on it, and I'm like, "Holy crap, this is crazy!" This is—and they let the fight go. Oh no, I think they stopped the fight going to the second round. Do you do you remember yeah. if they stopped it or not? I think. Sure yeah, they I... stopped it. Yeah. This time it was, and they trained together, Aaron Pico and TJ Dillashaw. I think they at least have the same strength coach. Um, what's his name? Uh, do you know, what's the strength coach's name? I don't know. I. You know, I what I'm talking know. about though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and similar and similar thing with him. It's it's just weird. It's weird. These two guys look kind of trained with each other and they're both shoulders pop out. Maybe they're doing yeah. shoulders wrong.
1: I was <laughs> <laughs> got to fix something with these, uh, these shoulders, you know, Loose. the shoulders but, uh, are too flexible. Yeah. No, it's, uh, no, it's, I think I really think, and people don't, they still don't know how, like, I was getting claustrophobic for TJ while he was in that mount. Like, I know there's two ways you can go. You stay on your back in the mount and you get the crap beat out of you. Or you turn and you give up your back. If, sometimes his mount is so strong that you can't even turn and give up your back. You're just stuck there. And when he, you know, you, you, your other option, if you can even move, is to turn. You might You might rip your shoulder out just trying to turn to give up your back. And that's, you know, that's giving Aljo his most dominant position in the back and good luck with that. So, I mean, yeah. Aljo's pounding really, the hell out of him, bro.
0: He was making him, he was
1: just punishing him with the ground, the pound. Uh, it was, it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. There's, and to be honest, I think, I think his toughest fight is um, Peter Jan. In that division. And I think that, you know he got the win there and it seems like he lost the let you know he i i kind of thought he might have won the fight but um but it seems like he's not really going to get the next shot
0: You're talking about Sean so, O'Malley and Peter Yan fight
1: yeah, yeah yeah
0: what was your what was your thoughts on that fight
1: i thought peter yan won it definitely 29-28 possibly 30-27 that first round was pretty close That's and right. then the second uh o'malley pulled away knocking him down and peter yan comes right back knocking him down and they controlled him controlled him like six minutes of the fight. I thought, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was pretty, pretty clear cut that, um, that, uh, Peter Yan had, had won that fight, but, um, but yeah, sure. I mean, Sean O'Malley seems like a great stylistic matchup for Aljo. Um, uh, I think, I think that I people still don't know or believe how good Aljo is because that, the narrative of the shoulder coming into it with it. like that was happening, regardless, no matter what the condition his shoulder was in. I think that guy was getting taken down, and Aljo's striking is getting crazy now. He's I'm moving around with him, and he's just I've never seen him faster. Just it, it, and and there's no one you can train with that's like him. He's very unique in his striking, his movement, his kicks, his dexterity. So it's almost like He's he's taking people down because it's just so easy. It's, he's like almost trying not to take people down. They're, the legs are just there and he's just grabbing. It. It's like too easy. He, he can't help himself but take guys down and, and pummel them. And I think that, um, it, it, guys get back up. It's opening up the striking. He was landing stuff on TJ early, early in the fight. The first 10 seconds, he popped him with a jab. Um, he's he's on another level i think he's on a level level. i think he's i think that he's uh i think he's the the best he's clearly the number one fighter in that division and i think he's i think he's up there pound for pound he's got i think he's i think he gives anyone a run for his money pound for pound
0: this is won't back down radio with chris weidman and i'm speaking with Ally Aquinta. Uh, I had the, pred- my prediction for the fight. I talked to Longo the day of the fight and I said, I just think that TJ Dillashaw is underestimating um, his hands by far. Like he has no respect for his standup. I think he'll respect his, his, his kicks a little bit because they do come from out of nowhere. They're unorthodox. So I think he's going to be a little bit weary of that. But when he gets past those legs, I was like, man, I think, Al- I think Aljamain steps in on a nice, like just a one, two. I know he was sitting down great on twos, um, it's gonna be wobble Dillashaw, and then I thought eventually he's gonna like take him down, take his back, and like choke him out or something. But um, man, who's next? Who's next for Al- Aljo?
1: There's there's uh, there's a number of good good opponents for him. He's got like he's he's at the top of the mountain, and everyone's trying. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to. End it. Uh, Let's go,
0: let's go top best matchup form to the worst matchup. And then with every one of the matchups, give me like money wise and like what what you think the pros and cons of of each matchup is.
1: I think that the probably the, the two front runners, I think. I honestly, well, you, got, I well, you th- got
0: Henry Cejudo, you got Cheeto Vera, and then you got Sean O'Malley, right? Kind of yeah. maybe three possibilities total.
1: Yeah, those are the three possibilities. I really, I honestly think that Henry Cejudo might be the easiest one for him as far as ma- like matchups go. He's been out forever. Um, he, he, I don't think, I mean, he's, he hasn't been, he's not, he's definitely not on the up, upswing. You know what I mean? Uh O'Malley is, he's probably, um, the, the second, you know, number two, and then, and then Chido Vera might be, might be a tougher fight for him. Um, but I think that still stylistically, those, those three are all great opponents for him. I think, I think saudo has been out for a while. He's, I don't think he's, if he comes back, it's not, he's not doing it for any, you know, the, the, the reasons that everyone else in the division is fighting for whatever that may be. But, um, I think, I think Henry's I think that's, a, that, that would be a big one. You know, and then Sugar Sean is—he's his popularity is through the roof. Um, but but he he did show a lot. He showed a lot in that fight. I don't know if he got the win necessarily, but he showed he proved a lot to a lot of people. Um, and he's definitely that's a building fight. Win or lose, that's a that's the kind of fight that at his stage of 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 anyone's career is is a builder.
0: If I'm uh if I'm the UFC, I am uh I'm taking. I'm taking Sean O'Malley cuz he's the star, he's the personality, he's kind of the money maker and I'm putting him against like a Dominic Cruz. I don't think he's ready. I mean he showed toughness, he showed he had a chin, you know, he didn't get crushed with leg kicks and finish that way, but for Peter Yan is not a wrestler. I know he's got some great trips and some good takedowns and I mean he's a good he's a good MMA wrestler, but he's not controlling guys. That's not his game. He's a stand-up fighter. It showed that O'Malley definitely has the ability to get like taken down and controlled and a guy like Mirab or a guy like Aljamain is a freaking, that's a nightmare for them, for him. I mean, he's just too weak. You know, he's just too tall and skinny and Aljo gets on top of that kid. It's, it's pretty much it's game over. It's like a wrap. Um, what I think, what I think they're going to try to put, it's either they give Aljo Henry Cejudo just because it's going to be a big fight. And then they save, they save, um, Sugar Sean and try to like develop him more. Or they give Aljo Chito Vera, and then they give Sean, Sean O'Malley the winner of the Chito Vera and Aljo fight. I think that's the direction they probably end up going. Um, it's just crazy. Aljo, I think Aljo is the favorite against every single one of these guys now. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's for sure. And it's funny they, you know, Dana said that the winner of the O'Malley Yon fight gets the title, and once you watch that fight. They both, I think, O'Malley and Dana both were kind of like, eh, yeah, let's not, let's not jump the gun. Maybe we, you know, maybe O'Malley's not ready, and maybe Dana doesn't want him, doesn't want to put his uh, superstar up there, you know. Which is at-
0: crazy because, yo, know, I mean, in in most divisions and in, in history, if you have the opportunity to fight for the belt, it's like I'm, you're, you're saying whatever outlandish thing you could possibly say, whatever, yeah. because you could possibly fight for the belt, and then that might bring you closer to doing it. You Sean O'Malley was asked in the press conference, and he was, ah, I don't know, I'm tired. I don't want to fight anybody. Like he, like he has the opportunity to fight for the belt, but he knows, man, he knows yeah. that could be a wrap pretty quick with Aljo.
1: No, oh, it's that's um, the those positions you watch Aljo, and that's like that's a lot. It's like people didn't want to fight Khabib. You know what I mean? You see that that top control and that that and Aljo did it. From the mount, like he got guys mounted, and you know what I mean. That it's just like that's scary to everybody. Everybody in that division is watching that, going, "I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be TJ Dillashaw in that position, mounted with my back, like my neck against the cage, my not being able to turn or do anything. That's that's scary." Yeah, and there's not no. I don't think people are going to be calling for Aljo. That's for sure. I agree. Um, he's,
0: he's he's a problem. Um, this is uh, this is Chris Weidman. This is Won't Back Down Radio, and I'm talking to Al Quinta. If you don't know, Al is the only person in the UFC history to fight Khabib the Megametov. He fought him on a day's notice, didn't train for a five round fight, and fought Khabib for five rounds in a in a decision fight. Where Al came out of that fight, and I know him really well. With all respect to Khabib, and he goes, "Man, I would love the opportunity to fight that guy if I had a full training camp." Uh, just to see because he wasn't I think you may over respect him a little bit right uh, a little bit of over respect he's beatable and you learn that in that five round decision now you got his buddy Makachev um, who's the champion just dominate Charles Oliveira he looked great in his wrestling his jiu jitsu uh, striking honestly all around he did a great job question like first your experience of fighting Khabib and then secondly how do you compare Khabib
1: and Makachev uh, uh I think that I mean Makachev, he looks like he's he might be like 2.0 I don't know he might be a little bit a little bit longer a little bit sh- bigger thicker uh striking hurt oliveira within the first like he threw a combo right right off the bat that hurt him and I mean he really shut him down on the feet you know took him down and he said he he said he was going to do that. He said I'm going to hurt him on the feet. I'm going to knock him down, and I'm going to go right after him on the ground. And I'm not scared of his ground. I'm going to finish him on the ground. So that's that's a scary dude right there. Um, yeah, and he, you know he's training with Khabib, so he's like he's learned everything from Khabib, and I'm sure he's putting. He, it's like he got to start where Khabib's at a younger age and just build from it. You know what I mean? Like they've been training together for so long. He's got, he's absorbed all that knowledge and everything. And then I'm sure there's other, there's other influences that he's taken from. He's, he's, uh, yeah, he's that, that guy is, he's dangerous. The, the the body of work he's put in a short time um, is incredible. And he's gotten better fast. I mean, I remember in the beginning of his career, it seemed like he was the kind of guy that everyone talked about was super tough in the gym. And then he would get in there, and and it was more of like a, you know, he'd win by decision or like that kind of thing. He got, he got, um, he got knocked out once, I think, right? Didn't he get, didn't he get finished once? But like it was kind of in the beginning, I think it was like this guy is a monster in the gym, but he might not be really putting it together in the cage. And now he's just finishing guys, just steamrolling everybody. So he's hitting, he's he's just on a whole nother level in that division.
0: Al Iaquinta, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was awesome talking to you. I hope you enjoy the rest of the time in Abu Dhabi and Dubai. Here we go, guys! It's officially happening. We have Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva coming this weekend. This is this, this is just another one of those weekends where Jake Paul's fighting, and it's either you're going to wake up sick to your stomach and not be able to sl- sleep on that Saturday night, and not and not have a good day on that Sunday morning if Jake Paul gets the win, <laughs> or you're going to have a great weekend. Uh, Anderson Silva, you know, goes out there and, and does what you know everybody is hoping for him to do. Um, I'm just kidding. Honestly, Jake Paul has been really good for the sport of mixed martial arts. He's picking up the sport. He is, uh, calling out people on their crap. He's, he's really, um, influential in the mixed martial arts game, very, uh, positive influence on all the fighters. And, uh, yeah, so I really appreciate him being in the game. It's only going to help everybody. Uh, but this, this fight, October 29th, it's going to be an eight round fight. It's going to be on Showtime pay-per-view. And uh, so, obviously, I fought Anderson Silva, fought him twice. And now to look at him fighting a boxing fight against Jake Paul is surreal for me. He is not just a mixed martial artist. He's not just a a kickboxer. This is a guy who has been training martial arts since he's a little kid. He's been – he had boxing fights before he even started mixed martial arts. He beat Julio Chavez Jr. two fights ago in boxing who was he was a world champion so this is not uh you know a crappy stand-up fighter from mixed martial arts heading over to boxing to lose a fight this is the best if he loses Jake Paul deserves a lot of credit because I've, I've been watching him for a long time I, I watch him spar inside wild card boxing and um, he's just he's a very good boxer when he fought Julio Chavez Jr. There's, there hasn't been one other mixed martial artist who's transferred over to boxing and looked the way Anderson Silva looked. He looked like a true world champion, world class boxer. And for Jake Paul to be taking this fight, I give him a lot of credit because it's a tough one. He's not going to be much bigger than Anderson Silva, like he was with Tyron Woodley and Ben Ashcrown. He's, uh, he's giving up a lot. He's giving up a lot of experience. What Jake Paul does have going for him is that he's the way younger fighter. Anderson Silva, I think, is 48 years old now. He's been through a lot. He's been hit a lot. Chin may be questionable. These are things that I think people are really relying on if they're going to be betting on Jake Paul. And Jake Paul's not this crappy boxer anymore. He really has improved. He's dedicated his life to the sport of boxing. He is uh, beyond amateur level boxing. I think he is a good boxer. I don't think he's great but he's doing great things for the sport. He's making great money for himself. He's making great money for the other fighters who are fighting him and other even people on the card. Uh, so I, I'm super excited for this fight. I just think Anderson Silva is way too relaxed, uh, way too experienced. And so when this fight goes down, I see him starting off the fight with lots of footwork, moving away from, from Jake, letting Jake kind of look stupid on his own by missing punches and then slowly getting closer and closer and pitting pattering on him, like letting him just kind of feel like innocent has no power. And then every once in a while, he's going to just tag Jake with some big shots. And at some point Jake in the third or fourth round is going to realize that he's in, he's in the, he's in not the octagon, but he's in the ring with a guy who's just better. And there's not going to be an opportunity for him to win. So he's going to be throwing huge right hands and trying to just connect on something and, I think Anderson Silva is going to run, run away with the fight. I see him finishing Jay Pohl in the seventh round. That's my official prediction. MMA on Sirius XM is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Plus, catch Won't Back Down Radio, Unlocking the Cage, and MMA Today on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 and on the SXM app.
1: Sirius XM Podcasts.